Hello and welcome back to the Mental Wealth Podcast. Before we begin, just a quick disclaimer, I am not a medical doctor nor do I claim to provide official medical advice, so always, always, always talk with your doctor about treatment before trying anything new regarding your health. Hi everyone, welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Mental Wealth Podcast. Today I will be interviewing Grace, who is a senior at the University of Pittsburgh and the business manager of Pitt Active Minds, which is a club focusing on mental health advocacy. Before we begin, I also want to just apologize for the poor audio quality. It is totally my fault. The Wi-Fi at my apartment is not amazing. Um, We recorded on Zoom. So again, I really apologize for the poor audio quality, but I hope you're still able to enjoy this podcast. So, how are you feeling about graduating soon? You're graduating, right? I, yes, I I'm actually, to be honest, I've been counting down since before the school year started. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, um, like, yes, I've finally accomplished what I've been wanting to accomplish in college, just, um, just finally being done onto the next chapter. Um, but it's also there's also a little bit of uncertainty just because um i'm going on to the next chapter um i'm still not a hundred percent sure of like which medical school i'm gonna end up going to next year um so there's that under um and kind of the way that i've been about this year leading up to graduation been making the parts last as long as possible mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to yeah rush through all like the negative parts um, so those are things I'm feeling about thing just like like you finally get to be done with all the whatever negative part that I've um, experienced but I'll definitely miss the, the positive parts for sure yeah, that makes sense for sure. Um, so kind of jumping right off of that, I kind of wanted to just jump in mm-hmm. with your the first thing on your outline, which was medical school applications. Um, and I also was wondering if you could just kind of give a background on just about yourself, and um, I'm sure, sure that sure. relates to medical school too. But yeah, just jump right in. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a bioengineering, um, and I'm obviously, <laughs> and I um, applied to medical school this cycle, so I'll be okay. starting this fall. Okay. Yeah. And um, I feel like increasingly there are more and more um, pre-meds in the bio department each year. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Definitely more this than than last year, um, than um, last year's graduating class. Um, so like I could I can really feel the competition. Yeah. Like it's like I feel like I know that medical school is super competitive, but like it hit it really hit me hard um, when I started this past this like last year. It's crazy how whole um, applications last you know at least calendar long right your your primary application 
was in May, and then you have to do some S some additional essays in July, interview I mean like September till or August or September all the way up till you know this month, March. Right. Um and then for a great many who are waitlist, they won't find out until May or even June. Yeah. And last minute in July. It's crazy just how long, so much waiting too. Um, yes. But yeah. And so this whole process um, really a toll on my mental health. Like, uh, you know, all the events leading up to it, uh, to the beginning of the application cycle, and also like after it started, like the application cycle. There was just so, so difficult to take care of my mental health because of the fact that I felt that the application cycle was so demoralizing. Like, okay. it's hard, it's hard not to compare, it's so hard to not compare yourself to other people um, that you might see um, on the internet who are also applying, or even when you go in, uh, um, what people have, um, like, there are people who've gone and gotten like master's degrees, PhDs, all these crazy things. And I was coming straight out of college, you know, with like, I haven't gotten my degree yet. Um, Cause it's becoming a lot less people to apply straight out of college. Right. But I think it should be, a, it really shouldn't be a disadvantage. It's, it's just crazy that, this the this process is really you're it's like you're not a you're not a little snowflake anymore you just suit it just feels like you're more bold in a way mm-hmm. to the point where where if you're not if you're not good enough by um like any of the admissions committee members like opinions and biases then just not read your application they'll put it in trash that's essentially what it comes down to okay. and just not the the process um it's been tough and and I, you know you know times you know like especially um especially in July, lie when I write so many additional essay individual schools that I apply to because the primary application you have to um, write a person which is like characters and that's already a lot you also have to write smaller essays for each of your extracurricular activities and and to you and all that kind of stuff um, and so you submit that and then the medical school get it, and they're like, "Oh, congratulations! Here's more essays for you to write." Right. And in each school can can add anywhere between like two, three, five, or eight essays that you have to sit down and you know go through pretty much. And it was insane. Um, at the time that I had to um, write those I was in the finishing my research fellowship okay um, through the engineering school um, um, it was really really 
bad timing because like I like I was almost done with my project like I was not done but I have these essays to 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 really worry about and prioritize prioritize um my research project because the research I could I felt you know I could I could get that done during the school year I could make it work I could happen right that's my that is my future they're going that it's um the people these essays are going to just what my future is going to look like so I have to put in the time necessary to make the essays as good as possible right Um, and so I made sure that um my research professors knew that they they knew full well that I was pre-med that I was school and all that that stuff and and they were you know they've been trying to support me like oh um like you're going to med you're going into medicine you really need to be good at research blah 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 that kind of stuff right they're making sure that you know got good but as soon as I got my um um secondaries that's what essays are called okay um I told my professors uh told them over email um and it's almost like they completely ignored it you gotta fit you you gotta do you come in for more right it's like no you gotta come in for more hours Mm -hmm. I'm already going in like like what was it like 30-ish hour no you got to go in like like 40 you know 45 hours the next few weeks um and I'm thinking there's no way that I can work on my and go to the lab for 45 hours there's just not enough hours in a week for me to you know take care of myself too because I need too yes because um yeah I was going through, I mean, I was going through a lot. I had so many, um, I had call, you know, suicide hotlines so many times mm-hmm. because throughout this cycle, I have experienced such feelings of self-doubt right. and inadequacy. So uh, I have a uh, quick question. Crazy. Yeah. Um, what was it, do you sure. mind sharing your experience with calling the suicide hotline? What that was like? Was it a positive experience or how, what was it? Sure. Like? Yes. Yeah. The very I called, I was super nervous because I didn't know what to expect. Because right. initially, you know, this fear of if I have something like this to a stranger, um like if i talk about certain topics like oh this is going to get disseminated to either parents or the police or something like that like right that's that was one that i found out that's that's not necessarily true right um and when i talk with people yeah so when i with people on the suicide hotline pleasantly surprised how supportive you know, how supportive they are when they, when, you know, when they talk to me. Right. Um, okay, good. Um, one of the things that I felt like, um, one of 
the things I, I felt my family never did, like whenever I would talk about my emotions or things like that, I never felt like validated. Okay. Not until I, um, not until I talked to people on the suicide hotlines, because I really did feel like, um, like, I'll take that back to, um, my parents and I were, um, huge fight about a class that I took for my math minor. It was last spring, so I was a junior, and I, um, like, one of the core class for math majors, but I took it as part of my minor, since it was, like, a prereq for some of the other math class taking, um, and, and literally, if I had any other professor, I would have gotten a, a better grade. Right. But this particular professor just graded everything so harshly. Like, um, the way that the class is taught is like, um, it's like being, it takes a while, but um, you don't get the right result throw it away try again throw it away it, and you keep okay. going through that get okay this it's like like constantly throwing things in the trash but uh, you know how can you do that only have 50 minutes for an like five of those those right. problems that you gotta appro approach like that it's not possible and and so i tried what i could like based based on like how i understand and the other thing is, um, this particular professor, um, this, this this class is, was designed to teach us how to, you know, write. But the thing is, the professor assumed that we already knew how to write proofs, topics that way. It's right. like, he's not teaching us the skill that we understand anything that he's doing. Right. So, you know, I essentially had to tr try to teach myself because his office hours I had class during his office hours I had class during the TA's office hour what could I do about that and I tried them and they weren't very, very flexible so like yeah that's out of, all of that is out of my control so literally it was yeah um do you have yeah, any sorry. I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt just you one, yeah. um do you no, have any okay. advice for people, I mean, I think it's, it's true that professors, the way they treat you, it can really affect your mental health. And, you know, when they're not cooperative. Oh yeah, it, for sure. It can really affect you. Do you have any advice on people who are struggling with mental health and how they can deal with their professors? That's a really good question because I've been told by, um, there's actually a staff member in school who, who um, she's actually the only one in the entire engineering school that's working on anything mental health related. Okay. Told me that so many of the professors like zero training on mental health or identifying when students distress help them. Okay. Um, so, and that's why I personally always had a hard to, you know, deal with, you know, going to the source, it's uh, the source of health itself, the professor. I've always had a time with that in, in college. And, 
And so the way that I personally that is um, ended up talking um, counselors at the um, the counseling center at Pitt um, about these professors and uh, for a class that that you know I was forced to take I didn't feel passionate about it right I felt like I would have you know you know I was telling them I would I felt like I would have so much more time to focus on things that uh, are more beneficial for my my particular future than that particular class like I right. felt like I felt like like this is time and the professor the professor's team style didn't you know match my um my learning style right and, you know there's so many things out of with that so so what I ended up doing was um um talking to the counselors at at the, the at counseling so it's been really helpful for putting things in perspective okay um that you know, like there's always that light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Once I'm able to get through that class, that's, you know, that's one less thing I have to, and um, even if, even if I don't really learn or remember anything from like the class material, at least I can, at least I've learned that that is something I don't want to do or that learning style or that style doesn't work with my learning. things that I can take home um, meaningful even though my um transcript might say you know I did like I might not sit or sorry my transcript might reflect that I didn't as I should have say that I've learned that it's not for me it doesn't match who I am or who I want to be um if there are TAs that are more accessible um, than the professor, I've personally felt that it's, if there's a professor that a lot of mental health issues, um, it's been easier for me to approach the TAs. Okay. Um, since I see them as being like closer to my level and it's easier for them to um, talk about the material in, in terms that, I, especially if the professor like really caught up in his own level that when he presents stuff it's it's almost as if he's talking for or someone who's you know as experienced as he is but at the undergrad level it's like we have nothing zero um so talk, talking with the ta has helped me personally as well um okay. yeah so you also have here on your outline about college being isolating. I was wondering if you could kind of go, get into that a little bit and, yes. and tell us more about that. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, as pre-meds, we're super, super busy um, in lots of classes. We have lots of homes to study for mm -hmm. um, to the point where it's um, can in time into their schedule to um, to and hang out with friends, right? Uh, support them in, in any way, um, since we're most kind of you know cramped up rooms trying to get 
Um, and it sucks because it's like, I thought we would all be this together trying to support each other. If, um, you know, if we need help or, or something like that, because, you know, we're, you know, we're all trying to be doctors. We're all profession where we're going to help a bunch of, of people. Right. And it feels as though it's like, we can't even help with, with something, um, that may not necessarily be as serious as a chronic medical condition or something like that. It's just, just, you know, emotional support. Um, like it's, it's to the point where people don't, don't have that kind of energy because they're, they're putting all their energy to just school, 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 you know? Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So I've dealt with, you know, like some of my, some of my, um, pre-med mates in my class, um, tried reaching out to them like about how I was feeling that well sorry I you know I, I, I can't you know I can't help you or support you any of that because I have my own stuff right yeah so you kind of yeah, yeah. you have like it's almost like I mean I I have that same feeling where it's like I have to take care of myself first and I want to help you yeah. but absolutely I, yeah yeah right now <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, it, it's, it definitely feels like it is a two-way street, like, for everyone. It's, like, like, we all need to take care of ourselves, but, but with, you know, with time management, I think it is possible to also help other people, like, with college, it's, it's so, it's so hard. Right. Um, to find that balance. Yes. Um, I, next I wanted to kind of talk about family and mental health and how, you know, I feel like for me, at least I have sort of felt like over the years, it's been easier to talk to my family about my mental health, but I was curious what, what it's like for you to to discuss your mental health with your family and, or if you don't, you know, I'm curious to know about that. So interestingly, and enough it's easier to it's been a little bit easier to talk with my mom about it than my dad not by much though uh, we usually never talk about mental health all that much just because um so my parents are filipino and um i was raised in the roman catholic faith and so um so my family you know, strongly believes that things like suicide or even simply thinking about suicide and, um, and you know, it's taboo and people who think about suicide or commit suicide are, are, are weak and don't, you know, really deserve any sympathy and they deserve to go to hell and like that because they're not valuing the sanctity of their life or something like that. Like that's fault, you know, it's like, you know, the other thing that, that people like to say a lot is, you know, the whole per, uh, permanence problem type of thing. Like, they really are, you know, um, yeah, they really do that kind of thing. 
Um, and it's, it's been easier for mom just like applying to medical school. At least she knew, she had a much better idea of what I was going with my dad because my mom is also, my dad is not. Um, and it's, it's kind of interesting. My dad originally wanted to be a physician, but didn't um, for uh, reasons that I'll not disclose. Okay. Um, and so he was, he was like trying to live vicariously through me in the process. Um, like, oh, did you, did you submit your essays yet? Like, oh, did you hear from school interviews? Oh, did you get in? You know, things like that. Like constantly on, and he's constantly on my ass. Okay. About throughout the whole process, like like he wouldn't let me, you know, take the to make everything before I submitted it, or like give me some time to, um, you know, like be patient with med schools since they have to, you know, applications, um, you know, despite the fact that, it, you know, it makes me so anxious and wait for for them to communicate with me about my status, but, um, so was, I had my dad that, you know, please, I don't want to talk about this, um, and, you know, he would always wrong way, like, okay. like, if I, I was honestly telling him that I was feeling so anxious, like, there's no reason for you to be anxious, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, take offense, offense to me telling him that this, whole this whole thing is making me feeling anxious so my mom would have to step in and explain to my dad look look she's she feels really now please don't you know understands so much better okay so it's your mom Um, you were able to kind of and yeah talk to things about yeah so yeah so i remember um the um the coalition of um the third annual pre-health there was a there was a physician who who gave a keynote speech and takes her life to preventing suicide in medical students and physicians and she was giving um some book uh this book that she she um that has some suicide letters from mm-hmm. medical students and physicians and so my mom saw that book sit, um, and um, that was when we kind of sat down and really talked about deeply for the, the first um, she I mean she still believes obviously she still believes that that suicide is a sin in these week and stuff like that um, and she was and she was also telling me about how um, some of her um, like classmates in medical school and medical training, you know, wanted to just quit, you know, like because it got so hard. Um, so it it's kind of weird because like she seems more op- just a tiny thing about uh, like things sort of related to it but, but like I can't straight up I still don't feel comfortable straight up telling her I feel like killing myself yeah today or um like I feel so depressed or so anxious because like I feel like that a lot 
she might have picked up on she might have picked up on that FaceTime calls and stuff like that. Like you don't you don't seem like you're so like I still have zero courage to straight up tell her um that I'm feeling what like you know that particular magnitude of depression, you know. Um, yeah. Um so I kind of wanted to talk about some of your coping strategies because it seems like you have a lot of really good ones that I feel like would be really helpful for some folks to know about. Right. Yes. So yeah, so in addition to you know talking with some um some of the counselors and and hotlines um one thing that I really too is music. Like I've been playing you know, since I was four. And then I took up um, like guitar and drums in high school. Okay. And um, in the engineering school, they actually have a recording studio on the third floor. Oh, cool. Um, so like one of the, yeah, hearing professors actually started pretty much his own recording studio. He lets um, engineering studios, if, he, if they take his uh, music class. Um, oh, okay. So I've been, yeah, so I've been using that ever since I took it the spring of my year. Okay. Um, since I don't have, I don't have a piano, have a piano in my apartment. So, um, so practice and, you know, I feel like that's kind of, that's kind of like my run in a way. I can right. express my emotions when, um, when playing music, um, especially since I grew up, um, you know, playing music and it's, it's really, really until, um, I started, you know, you know, going through these, these, these issues in college where I really tapped into like, oh, this, you know, this is a great coping mechanism for me. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about, you said you used the counseling center. Did you ever visit the counseling center at all besides to, to talk about your professor? What was your experience with that? Did you find them helpful at all? They were definitely helpful. I talked to them about a lot of different things besides um, my professors. I talked to them about, uh, you know, if you feeling so depressed and anxious during um, the medical school application cycle. Yeah. I talked with them about um, my, my research, um, my experiences with, with my research professor and how I felt like, um, you know, they, they didn't care about me as a person. They only cared about the data I was able to pump in, but they didn't care about like how I was actually doing, you know, like that right. was, you know, I, I, you know, like I actually came into college with like a preconceived notion that, um, that uh, a lot of criminal investigators, like they're supposed, like ideally they're supposed to be kind of like your cheerleader, you know, they're supposed to um, support you and, and, you know, you know, praise you. Like I can see that, like, that's what I see on the outside, like, um, like professors praising people, 
for, for whatever, you know, accomplishments and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like I feel the opposite way. Like they don't, it's like they don't give a fuck about me. Right. Or I'm not worthy of, you know, of doing this kind of thing. Like, it's like, oh, if I don't get results right here, right now, it's, you know, it, it, I, that was like a slap to the face. Yeah. Um, and especially with, like, I have things going on in my life. I can't be here, like, 24-7, like, I, I don't, I'm not that. Like, I, and I still in the prospect of research. I know I still want to do a little bit of it. I know that's definitely not, like, my, the career that, that I really want to focus on, but, you know, you know, just going through, you know, being, like, the lowest, on the the lowest rank on the food chain in the lab yes it 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 didn't feel me and i actually saw an article um from a different lab um where um they talk about how prince should be treating people in their lab it's like we should all you know, we should be more like family, really. Um, we should understand that we have a life outside the lab. Um, that was, that was what that paper talked about. I was reading through, I'm like, my, my PI does none of those. Like, Mm -hmm. I, this is crazy. And like, people in the lab was telling me how, um, like like other medical students that have gone through the lab before it's like quit after like a week or after a month or something like that like this is just this is just insane like why should i be forced to sit for like four hours watching you know animals run on a treadmill right you know like like that's not meaningful and that's that's it's, you know, I want to say it's demeaning, like, I I don't know, that's just how I feel, like, yeah, like, just talking about it in the moment, that's, that's, like, the word I can come up with, um, yeah, so, yeah, so, so I've um, talked with them about that, yeah, that's really, so it sounds like maybe the research wasn't the best for your mental health in the end, (laughs) No, <laughs> not not particular research that I know. It's kind of weird because, like, I like I went into it because I know that I like learning about that that specific um, the specific re- research topics. It's not the topics; it was the people. It's it the was people. the people and like the things that they made. Oh, and one other thing: it's like my particular PI. He he would instead of if he had an issue with you tell you to your face he would like like gossip he would tell the other uh, professors behind your back like oh kid mm, no and the other thing is like pretty much all of the like professors and pis in this particular lab they're all from 
China. Um, okay. So like, there's like, there's also a huge cultural divide too. So there, you know, thing they culturally do not approve of. And like, how am I supposed to, you know, control that? I can't. Um, yeah. Like talk about me Chinese about how terrible of a student I am. Like, like I'm not stupid. I, it's I walk into you know I walk in and then like they're, and like they're sitting at a table and they look at me and then they start talking. There's no there's no way they're not talking about me right now. Like, like I can hear some. It's like I you know like 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 mouse treadmill you know like of yeah. course you know like like those were that I had been dealing you know like the products that I had been doing like of course they're talking about me um so I felt uncomfortable I really don't want to eat lunch in this room like I'm just going to go to the first floor and of of the you know behind us you know seat where because I I can't bear to like hear them talking Chinese. maybe they're not necessarily talking about me but like they're... it's it's so sad yeah i know that it's just that part of it. yeah i i know that for me like people the people's like different behaviors really have an influence on my mental health like if that happened to me i feel like i would be really struggling with depression um and anxiety knowing that people are talking yep. behind my back. So I definitely can, I mean, I obviously have not researched in a lab or done any of that, but it's, it's just amazing how much what people say and do can affect your mental health. Yeah. And that's something, that's something that I feel is not valued that it's more stigmatized. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really always has been for such a long time, but, you know, right. And that's why I feel, um, like, yeah, one of the med students, you know, telling me, like, that's part of the reason why people, you know, don't want to stay in the lab, um, for over the long term. Okay. Interesting. It's not a healthy environment. It's like, it's like, why, why can't they just go to you and tell, and, and actually, you know, talk, talk with you direct, their problem is with you and work it out together instead of just spreading me to like everybody else, but you, you know? Yeah. So it sounds like communication can really influence a make or break experience in the lab. For sure. For sure. Sure. So I wanted to also talk about. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Um, that's why I also think, I think it's important to spend a little bit more time. Like if someone really wants to do research and I, I've heard people, um, people who've done research that, that have had severe um, mental health kind of issues like some professors would it's like i forcing people you must do this otherwise i'll kick you out of the lab you know something like that um it's like like oh if i want to see my face here otherwise you're not, not you're not crazy things like, like that like 
like people would go to the the, the county center to talk about just that. Um, it's important for people to spend lots and lots of time, more time than I did, lots of time um, um, figuring out if the principal investigator, you know, gives you a good vibe, which is with, you know, your personality. So it's easier to have a positive relationship as opposed to something toxic like this. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also wanted to kind of dive in with, so I want to know more about active minds because I mean, I know I've been trying to join and then I couldn't go to the meetings, but I want to know more about what you guys do and um, what your meetings are like sure. with people and how that's influenced your mental health. Sure. Um, minds meetings, they've been really chill. Um, we talk about a lot of different um, coping strategies and um, develop for um, like how to talk to parents about mental health and how to talk to um, your friends about mental health, things like that. Um, I personally have not gone to a whole lot of meetings because um, as it turns out, I'm president of another organization that meets at the same time. Oh, so I've right. only gone to um, like a, a few, like when, whenever there's like no significant overlap okay. um, with my meetings. Um, but they've, they've been, they've been pretty chill. Um, just, you know, just an opportunity to people, um, just sit and talk to other people casually about, um, about mental health and other, in addition to, um, doing some, some relief activities and making some presentations about important topics like talking to parents and talking about mental health. So okay. um, as it turns out next week, I'm going to have um, like a joint meeting between my mission and Active Minds, um, especially with, uh, with COVID-19 being a huge, lots of freshmen and of course we, it's important that they know what resources are available to them as Pitt students online. Yes. So um, we're going to be, yeah, so we're teaming up with, with Active Minds next week to, to give that presentation. Okay, awesome. Um, I totally had a brain fart here. Um, I wanted to ask you if you're, how you're doing now that, you know, you're about to graduate, how is your mental health, is it improved since, um, you know, when things were worse and, you know, what do you see yourself doing in the foreseeable future as well with your work that you're doing? Sure. Yeah. So my mental um, since like the admission cycle is starting to come to an end. Um, I was especially good at this break being able to see some of my friends from home and everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm especially good now. Um, good. Um, it's been a lot. Yeah, it's been a lot easier. I know, I know it's kind of like the, the opposite of most people, but with COVID being back home, I feel because there have been a lot of things in like during college that have given me a lot of, you know, and being at home, uh, even though I'm my 
um, even though I can't really talk with my parents about mental health, being at home with my family the rest of the semester actually has made me feel a lot better because I'm here um, without, without the negative aspects of college that have been giving me, um, giving me a lot of shit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and so I've had also a lot more free time to do my hobbies and um, my coping mechanism, coping mechanism, I can't talk, coping mechanism in college, it's like, <laughs> in college, um, you know, there's not as much time since to, like, go back and forth and all these things, and then I get home, like, oh, time, I still got to do, yeah, you know, my homework and everything, like, where did all that time go? And here, I'm like, wow, I have so much time. Wow. <laughs> it's like, like, Right now, I really am looking on the bright side <laughs> yeah. of all this, you know, dark that is COVID-19. It's so, that's, that's another thing that's so important. Even though there is so much just darkness and scary, you know, scary things going on in the world now, it's important wherever you are, even if, even if it takes some extra effort to find that, you know, that little, you know, like a little, for whatever the bright side may be, um, for, um, for people in a particular situation. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I've, it's a miracle that it, that things are working out well for, so. Yeah, I, I relate to that, actually, because I feel like mm -hmm. I'm in a better place right now, and the world is, like, on fire around me, <laughs> and, uh, yep. Yep. but I feel like yep. I'm doing exceptionally well right now with my mental health and I'm like sh I feel almost mm. like guilty for feeling this way because I'm like oh my gosh people are oh yeah dying. yeah the same yeah and so yeah I think the most important thing is like like you were saying like I'm at home as well so I have more time to work on my coping mechanisms and in my hobbies and doing things that I enjoy and I think that we should try to be looking for one, at least one good thing that happens every day, even if, you know, I, I, there are people who are struggling a lot right now. I think it definitely helps to find that one good thing every day. For sure. I, I also feel like, um, <laughs> introvert, I feel like the introverts kind of have a, have a leg up <laughs> on, <Yes>. um, <laughs> on COVID-19 pandemic, like dealing with that because like, yeah. I'm also an only child so it's like okay I've kind of just grown up <laughs> you know in isolation without you know being surrounded by uh, yeah exactly exactly so I'm like oh I'm used to this I'm just yeah. doing what I've been doing um yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so, well yeah that's just me no it's me too I'm definitely an introvert like I so it's like almost it's like with mm -hmm. the whole depression it's, my therapist is like oh you need to go out and be with people and this is like giving my depression a leg up and like yeah. my depression's like great amazing we have isolation now <laughs> and I'm like no we're not gonna do that mm. <laughs> we're, we're gonna go be try to be social and try to do things that I enjoy no. doing. <laughs> mm -hmm. well I wanted to thank you so much for sharing your story and being so open mm -hmm. and just talking to, to me about it. And I just wanted to know if there's anything else that you wanted to add before um, the end. Yeah, I've 
wanted to say thank thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> this I feel like um so it's some that you're making a podcast um about this. Like I feel like more podcasts need to be ma- made about this because mm-hmm. um you know just of you know uh like for me personally since I'm an engineer there aren't a whole lot of resources for students um, about mental health, like at all. There's no, there's no, there's no meditation free zone, none of that. Just, we don't even talk about mental health. We don't even advertise any of the um, like mental health events going on on campus. Like none of, we're like, we're isolated. (laughs) We're kind of isolated from all that. So just having, having more resources like this that that we can share i think is so important because the more we talk about it and the less we like keep silent and try to um i think people would be a lot better off and be able to um you know prepare them better and have more grit for that that would impact their mental health negatively um right. and i know you asked about my future earlier so mm-hmm. um yeah, I did. Um, so I, I'm, <laughs> I forgot about that. So okay. I'm tentatively going to be attending, um, <laughs> tentatively going to be at Wright State University Boonshoff School of Medicine in okay. Dayton, Ohio, which is like an hour away from my hometown. So, okay. so um, room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, I saw that like, during my interview, I'm like, wow, we should have that in the engineering school. This is amazing. Like, people, yeah. like and I could see people were here. Um, so I think super important. And, um, and so after med school, I am planning on trying to keep an open mind about what medical tea that I want to do. But number one really, um, is dermatology. Okay. Um, so, so like my goal right now is like, I want to be in a place where I can, uh, actually help people with skin cancer, skin conditions. Cause like um throughout like the first half of undergrad I was volunteering in a arm clinic and I'm like huh the doctors are happy <laughs> the doctors are happy here like that's like this is this is really cool, like being able to do procedure and like I can see myself in their shoes and like good. it's amazing just like you know yeah yeah they walk in the morning they're happy to come work and then they're happy you know they're happy the whole time that's awesome. And, you know, that's not something I've seen. Yeah, that's something I've not seen as frequent in others' specialties they've shadowed. So even mom, like, when she, she was going through exploring the different specialties, huh, like, she, she's actually not a dermatologist because she went to medical school um, in the Philippines. Okay. Um, and it's super hard to, to get into a dermatology residency here. So, like, if you're a foreign graduate, it's like, they won't even give you an application. Um, oh. So, of course, I was really salty about that. But, uh, yeah. but she's still happy um, with, with what she ended up choosing. Okay. Um, whatever, you know, whatever to her. So, I'm really, really happy about that. Um, but, like, um, yeah, I, I really, really want that opportunity to, to, to do what my mom would have loved to do. Um, and something that I also, (laughs) that I also find pretty as well, just because, like, 
you know, not, not a whole lot of organs regenerate as, as quickly as skin does. It's like skin just goes, you know, goes back when it needs to. Right. And like, there's, if there's something wrong, it's like, you can, you know, you can see on the end, um, that you can use to treat those problems are generally straightforward. So, okay. so yeah, cool. I'm really looking forward to, I know it's going to, I, I know that that, process is going to be super tough as well just because like it may it's either or the number two hardest to get into <laughs> yeah um so so yeah just what I've learned throughout college about mental health and how to cope with it it's super it's it's going to be super important in I know it's going to be in medical school especially when to get this kind of dermatology Right. Because even one of med students that I'm friends that I'm friends with at Pitt, she she had told me that like she had never gone to therapy until medical school. I think that people go need to be so cognizant about. So so yeah. All it's, right. It's something that, you know, is gonna stick with me. Well, I would love to have you on my podcast again. Um, I, I'm very interested in yeah. the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wanted to thank you again so much for coming on. And I wish you all the best, especially with your mental health. I'm so glad you're in a good place right now. And just mm -hmm. thank, you for, thank you for opening up and for sharing with me. And yeah. Thank you for having me. And I'd love to to be on again. All right. Well, um, I'll talk okay. to you later then. All right. Well, good one. All right. Bye. Bye. So as I'm reflecting on my interview with Grace, I just wanted to point out a few things. Um, first, I am really amazed by her strength and just how she's overcome everything that's been thrown her way in the past few years as an engineering student who is also struggling with um, some depression and suicidal thoughts. It really resonates with me as someone who has struggled with both of those things as well. Um, and I think it's also important to note that for every experience that she talked about, it might not be the same for other people. Um, this is just, you know, one person's experience through it. Um, but I think there's a certain knowledge that we can take away from this, which is that it's hard to be a student and have struggle with depression and anxiety and mental illnesses in general. And sometimes the environment and professors and classes and extracurriculars don't make it any easier. In fact, we meet some resistance from professors. We meet some resistance from our friends to be a helping hand to us. Um, not always, but sometimes. And it just really opened my eyes hearing Grace speak about that, as well as her research experience and her experience as an engineering student. And I was just, I found it really helpful to hear that she actually thought the suicide hotline was useful. Um, that's something I've never tried. I've been close to trying it before, but I've never tried it. Um, 
And I was just, I hope that helps people and encourages people to reach out when they do need the help and to call the hotline or text the hotline if they do need it. Um, So thank you so much for tuning in. And I'm so sorry about the poor audio quality. That is totally my fault. I do not have great Wi-Fi at my apartment and I will be sure to fix that for next time. So thank you so much for bearing with the poor audio quality. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast and this interview and see you all next week.